going on in South America with their crop? How are exports happening right now for us? And the quarterly stocks and the WASI report. Lots of things coming at our way from a grain perspective, as we are going to get all the details today from Troy Nielsen. Troy is with Smart Yield. He's based in Kearney, Nebraska. And, and Troy, let's start out talking about this soybean harvest. I think this year it's more dusty than I think we have seen in years past. But numbers and, and the rumors out there are not too bad when it comes to yield. Yeah, absolutely. We are seeing, though, in south-central Nebraska, even up in the north-central, we're seeing um, some yield variations that we, um, coming off of last year, we had great moisture in August, and we had some non-irrigated yields last year that were fantastic. So in comparison, it's a kind of a disappointment this year to guys on their non-irrigated. Those yields are off considerably. Um, but get into the irrigated beans, and there's some good numbers. Um, now, we, did, we didn't get a lot of help from Mother Nature in July or August, um, except for a little bit of spotty rains here and there, uh, a little bit further north of us. But um, for the most part, the irrigated beans are coming in with some decent yields um, to good yields. And so um, maybe a little bit of a surprise there, and some of these irrigated yields will help uh, bring up the average a little bit on, on some of their non-irrigated stuff that was disappointing. But that's what we're seeing right now in the beans. Um, guys are, you know, uh, right in the middle of that bean um, harvest. Some have, you know, put that off a little bit, doing some wet corn, going back to beans. And they do that at the first. Um, and then they'll, they'll, they'll probably, in the next 10 days, really knock out a lot of beans here in, the, in, in south central Nebraska anyways. What are you hearing, though, when it comes to, to yield numbers across the Midwest? I mean, are guys pretty pleased with what they're seeing, or are they kind of keeping it uh, close to the belt? Yeah, you know, we we do. Um, our guys do share with us quite a bit. Um, as harvest is going on, um, we're getting yield reports from them. And the, like I said, the non-irrigated stuff, I mean, you might you, there's some real disappointing stuff like a 28 yield or, you know, 35, where those were making, you know, maybe 15 bushel to 20 bushel better last year. That's just because of lack of moisture there in August. Um, the irrigated beans, though, are doing a little bit better. Um, and I, I'll throw out some numbers. I mean, we've seen 68, you know, up to the mid-70s. Um, now, guys are a little bit hesitant to throw out bigger numbers than that until they get further into that um, um, harvest but but they are seeing some pretty solid yields there on the on the irrigated beans looking at export numbers it's kind of become a, a reputation a repetition excuse me uh to every morning see some sort of announcement coming from the usda of, of more purchases of corn and beans and again we saw it this morning so that's day number 14 for beans and the trend continues well yeah in this this week um you know again we had um you know, um, decent sales, or not decent, we had huge sales again um, for the week, and uh, corn sales were, were strong as expected. Um, but um, it, it really wasn't unexpected again for this week because, we, like you said, we've kind of gotten used to it and we're expecting bean sales to continue. Um, how long will those continue? We don't know. Um, there's, a, there's a holiday um, a Chinese holiday that you have to deal with, and you know, so, and I don't know if the buying stops through that period of time. It's never really been a big issue in the past, that's for sure. Um, so we'll see if that gets used or not. Um, this this week's soybean sales were huge at 117.4 million bushels. Um, that was that was beating the expectations. 
um, and, and even from the prior week at 116.2 was huge, and we, we stretched that out just a little bit to 117. So, um, you know, and that included, of course, um, large sales to, to China and then unknown, unknown of course, but um, then over on the corn side, you know, corn sales were very strong also. We were at about 84.2 um, million bushel, beating the expectation um, as well on corn. And in and, and the two, previous two weeks, we were at 63 and 71.8. So, you know, to come in there uh, this week that strong, that was impressive as well. Um, sales to China were strong on corn. Um, you know, and brought their bookings up to really strong numbers for their year also. So if you look back through the whole year, they've had really strong bookings with us. So export sales have continued to be strong. How long will they continue? We don't know. Um, obviously, that has a lot to do with the U.S. dollar. Um, and then also, of course, that kind of transitions us into talking about South America and their crops as well because we, we compete with the world on our soybeans, of course, and that's going to be coming into play here very shortly. So that's what I was going to ask you. We talked about this a little bit yesterday during the Fontenelle final bell. At what point do we see or can we expect China to say, okay, we've purchased enough from the U.S. now, we're ready to switch to South American beans? Yeah, yeah, I think that 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 becomes um, an issue here in the next few months. Of course, you know, they're waiting for us to have an abundance here at harvest, and hopefully, you know, they're looking for, you know, better pricing opportunities. Um, they've kind of gotten a surprise here this year. Of course, beans have really rallied for us in the last six weeks. But, you know, if you look at the um, South America, and that's our big competition as far as selling beans to the world and to China, um, you know, they've had, you know, the reduced planted area expectations and concerns over the continued dryness um, during the growing season. And that's due to the um, La Nina, um, or, you know, in Argentina, um, new crop production ideas. They're looking at lower, even in that Buenos Aires area. Um, they're, they're saying they're expecting bean crop to decline compared to where they were, um, what they were expecting a month ago. You know, so I think that... Um, some dryness in that South America. We do have a lot more coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Again, the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio is where we are broadcasting today, which is brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. And we continue to have our conversation with Troy Nielsen. Troy is with Smart Yield. We left on the break talking about South America, and obviously their crop is just in the infancy stages of of getting plants. And we know that weather has been a big concern for them this year with the dryness. As we look now and, and into the future and doing some comparisons to last year, what are you hearing when it comes to, to potential crop production? Yeah, uh, Susan, the... Uh the potential, you know, what they really look at in, in South America is how much, you know, the, the moisture profile coming into the year and, and what the the weather forecast is as well. And and they're looking at, you know, the La Nina um, situation that typically doesn't provide the moisture they're looking for. So they normally would be a little light on that soybean crop. And and there's going to be exceptions. And also you're, you're talking about weather predictions, you know. And so those aren't, you know, those are not... Um, um, you can't pinpoint them exactly, but they're they're looking at La Nina and they're talking about you know some reduced planted areas. So um, you know the bonus areas grain exchange said they expect the coming soybean crop 
um, to decline to about 46, 46.5 million metric tons. That's from this year's down from 49.6. Um, now, and we were expecting an increase from them also up to about 52, 53. So with that in mind, uh, that crop, is, has, the expectations of it is a lot smaller than it was here a few months ago. And that's mainly with the weather um, change. Um, now, the corn crop, um, they're seeing that declining also from the expectation a month ago, also from a year ago. So the, the corn crop light as well, and that's mainly a moisture deal as well. Um, and then if you look at the impact of, uh, of this year's La Nina, you know, um, with the local Argentina um, exchange, you know, um, they're saying it could be very problematic, you know, and, and so that's, that's early on. They, they're, like you said, they're just in the infancy of getting, getting that crop planted, um, but they're really concerned about the moisture at this point. So that could be a real issue here come January maybe, um, Jan, Feb, March time frame here um, with our futures markets. Well, uh, speaking of moisture, some moisture concerns here in the States as we continue with our harvest. Many guys hoping we start to see some sort of pre- precipitation to be able to replenish the crop as we head into fall and, and, and winter time. Yeah, the, um, the, you know, we're awful dry, that's for sure. Different parts of the Corn Belt here, of course, um, you know, in, even into the western third of Iowa, clear through western Nebraska, definitely very dry down to Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas. Um, you know, but the, you know, the dry weather is expected to dominate the majority of the Corn Belt um, here shortly. Um, so that really gives us some wide open harvest um, days, several days. There's a few scattered showers like in eastern Minnesota, um, northeast Iowa, most of uh, Wisconsin in the next 24 hours, but they're talking a quarter inch or less. So, you know, by Saturday, Sunday, you're probably looking at, you know, open weather unless they get more than that quarter. But um, most of it's in that um, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, maybe a little bit into northern parts of Ohio, but some real scattered stuff like a quarter inch up to three quarters, but no big heavy um, systems coming through, that's for sure. So we should have open harvest weather here for the next 10, 10 to 15 days. We do have a quarterly stocks report, and I'm wondering how that's going to affect the markets and when we compare it to the WASDE numbers that come out. Um, and hard to believe October is literally just around the corner. Yeah, you're right. Um, qu- um, quarterly stocks comes out um, the 30th of, of this month, September 30th, and that'll bring bring an end, and that'll bring, bring closure to the 2019-2020 uh, um, corn and soybean balance sheets is what that'll do. For the most part. Now, there'll be some adjustments later on as needed um, as the USDA um, puts those in. But then shortly after that, about nine or ten days later, October 9th, we get a WASD report coming out. So um, then you'll look, you know, you're looking at your old crop balance sheets um, and, and, and will we have more ample supply or will we be tighter, you know. So a lot of this will come to some um, a um, little bit sharper numbers on the paper on the page, if you will, here with this WASD report on the ninth, and then quarterly stocks on the thirtieth. That'll start firming up some of these numbers. So we'll look at some carry-in numbers, and we'll look at uh, some production numbers a little bit closer. Um, and then, then you have to look at what your current demand is um, in reflection to that. And and so, I think there's a lot that culminates here in this first ten days of October. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Troy? 
Yeah, um, just call Smart Yield here in Kearney at 308-234-6805. And, of course, that has been the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder to folks, the commodity um, futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss that are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell is being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You can check this out as a podcast going to our website at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe for your podcast and you can find it on Spotify as well. That's the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.